two, three. Because we're famous for this podcast. No, we weren't famous before. Now we're famous for this podcast. It's what we're famous for. All right, boys. We are back podcasting. We thought, why not once and for all get to the bottom of why they at some point started saying uh, lieutenant for lieutenant. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that, was how, that was what got us all together. <laughs> and we are joined by the lieutenant himself. Tommy, welcome, man. Yeah, thank you. You know, when in the corf of human event, it uh, become necessary <laughs> to be a lieutenant, then call on me, your uh, comptroller or controller, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, yes. Just reach out your hand and I'll be there. Would it, yeah, jobs. would it have ruined uh, Forrest Gump completely if it was uh, Lieutenant Dan? I feel like it would, the whole movie's ruined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your it does start to Dan. lean political there. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think well, the movie Lieutenant sucks. Dan, you can't say it as funny. Like, Lieutenant, it, it's pretty much the whole charm of the movie is, is gone. <laughs> yeah, I think you could do the Southern, uh, instead of short E sound, it kind of goes to a short I sound for those. They, they do a nice swap of those. So you go Lieutenant, mm. like he's the tenant of a, of a lift car. Right. I think is your, your only hope for saving the movie. But yeah, I think... I remember being told about the movie and having Lou as like, you know, early in the conversation. That's all. So I'm just you gotta like, go hey. see this movie. He's like Lou. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the movie's done. Yeah, I don't think it certainly doesn't uh, get Tom Hanks on board. I think yeah, who no. plays it? Giamatti plays Gump. I think if uh, <laughs> if it's Lieutenant. Right. It would probably be Giamatti, yeah. Well, that sounds like... <laughs> yeah. Life is like a box of chocolates, Forrest. <laughs> he would talk to himself. Um, all right, yeah. So uh, there's separate words, though, real quick, before we say goodbye to the topic and, and get on to some real business here. They just turned out to be real words. Is that right? Or excuse, different words? Was this like Pluto? It's a planet, now it's not? What? Oh, yeah. I think it's just the British version of lieutenant. Like, it's just lieutenant. Is just what they say in in they, England. They say garage instead of garage. Oh, and Gareth instead of Garrett. They do some th work instead of double yeah. t. Mm, mm. How about how about everybody out there saying height? Oh, oh right, yeah. height. Oh yeah, and a uh, good friend of the podcast, uh, John Malloy says Patrick for Patrick. Mm. What? <laughs> That's some Revolutionary War sounding Boston Tea Party stuff to me. That's, uh, yeah. Because I, I think it's just uh, old Irish confusion because I think you go Patrick and sometimes that's Padraig when you're really Irish. But I think he's doing his own. Oh, yeah, like your own uh, modern day, but trying to nod to old Gaelic. Like, you know, we used to do Padraig but a little bit more modern, but not quite the full-on Patrick. We go Patrick as this middle middle group of uh, Irish people, middle America. Does he have an, if he throws an accent at you, I think, yeah, Patrick. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> Patrick. But not if he's just saying Patrick. 
That's not <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you know, I, I think as you get into names, we'd be uh, reminiscent if we didn't get, say no. Confusing, reminiscent with remiss. A fun little nod to mm, uh, yeah. all the English majors out there. Um, Muhammad, I understand, is the most popular name in the world, but you see so many different spellings of it. So is it one of those spellings or combined with all the different spellings, it's the most popular name or like one, the most popular spelling is the most popular name. Take it, take it away, Tommy. Oh, well, uh, I stopped paying attention because I was thinking about the, uh, apparent irony that it seems that in the U S the first name Mo has become much less popular than it ever was, you know? So, Mo, short for Mohammed, I don't think is doing anything here in uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Right. What is the Mo, the English or English um, language one, the American country-wise one? Maurice. There we go. Yeah, Maurice. Crazy uh, old Maurice. Morris. Yeah. Morris. So it's Larry, Morgan. Larry, Maurice, and Curly, like Mo. Or when, when I'll, about I'll bet he's Morris. I'll bet he's Morris, just, you know. Morris. Yeah. I have a dear friend named Maurice, so I thought of that first, and he can certainly be called Mo. But I'll bet, you know, Larry Curley and was a Morris. Call me uh, a racist or a profiler. Um, Certainly, if you see me in profile, you'll know where I'm coming from. Just don't (laughs) call me Curley. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, it depends. Am I in my Speedos? (laughs) Uh, yes. Mo is is uh, a little bit of regret of not considering the name Mo, just M O E, just Mo as a as a name for myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late, Mo. <laughs> Mo. Yeah, the band Mo. You know what? What what percentage of people who claim to like the band Mo just liked the sticker? And liked the fact that they're like, well, I'm already a fish fan. I might as well just pretend to like Mo. The stickers go nicely next to each other. Hmm. I just became aware that people have those stickers on the car. Is it an acronym? Does it mean more of everything? Oh, oh maybe it does. Wow. More of everything, including the name Morris. Yeah. <laughs> you know, including people, uh, you know, changing their name to Mo later in life and once they've kind of uh, realized what's important. And um, one more name thing while we're here, fellas, if you don't mind. You know, we were talking about how, like, the, you know, you ask for it, the world provides. Reading another book here. I hate to uh, do a bomb-dropping session simultaneously here. But there's an Anne and an Anna in this book. Just like, mm. I basically have been calling this out in movies for years, like, you know, it's not very realistic. They don't have two people with the same name. You know, that that would just be more true to life if there were a couple mics, etc. An Anne and an Anna. This same author that I'm reading doing this thing that I've been looking for my whole life. He's doing it left and right in all his books. Two basically the same names. Two Charlies in the first book I read. An Anne and an Anna in this one. You know, where does it stop or should it stop? Uh, do the characters use the restroom when it doesn't have anything to do with the story? That's something I've always kind of wondered about. <laughs> like, when is that happening? It's it's rarely mentioned. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Like, 
And then Anna used the bathroom as you have just every time, every bathroom break in yeah, the Huck book. Yeah, Huck Finney's like, I was shaking it off and making it back to the raft. You know, he doesn't say that. You would oh, think he would. For a moment, you had me convinced, like, Mark Twain, like, got his start as the bathroom <laughs> author. <laughs> yeah, his real name, Sam Rockwell. He was the, uh, back when he was really Sam Rockwell, he was the uh, the bathroom author. And there there's that other author who uh, famously uses the correct number of pages based on how long things take. So, like, you know, they're sleeping for a certain amount of time, and that's using up, like... <laughs> you know, at least at least forty percent of the book. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. it's kind of like yeah. Show the the whole twenty minutes the pizza's in the oven in the movie. <laughs> you know, I heard about a literary professor who wouldn't read any book that weighed more than a certain amount. Huh? Uh, what was the thinking there? No idea. No idea. Interesting. So it's a really good story, huh? <laughs> um, yes I still and they like made it made him a professor based on that huh I think he was already a professor and there was nothing they could do anymore it was out of everybody's hands you have an interesting right. enough gimmick in your writing you're a professor <laughs> or in your you reading, just became a professor my yeah. friend you know, no, to his students it's like uh, you're, you're, you're too heavy you're never going anywhere in this business nobody wants right. to read all that weighty stuff yeah. Yep. Well, um, congratulations on reading, Pete. That's really great. You know. Uh, thanks, man. It's new yeah. and uh, kind of exciting. Not sure how exciting it is beyond it being new. Like you, you know, you don't want to get a get ahead of yourself and be like, I'm excited. Like I'm a real reader now. I'm like, it's like the early excitement, and I hope it 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 uh, stays and and takes. But thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. It's awesome. exciting. Yeah. yeah. How's the old, uh, what do you call it, attention span? Pretty good with regard to that. Like, I don't try to do too much, but I think, you know, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there is uh, a nice formula. Yeah. How about you? How, what's your reading um, time clips and, or, yeah, are you reading? Well, I read a lot of self-help books and I tell myself that just reading like, the forward, the front and back cover, and like a little bit of the first chapter is enough for me to get the idea and get, you know, some benefit out of it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of kidding, but kind of not. I'm uh, chewing through this one right now called, uh, 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 I think, The Soul's Code, The Search for Character and Calling. And okay. I, I have gotten f far enough into it to give you like what the front and back page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says that he thinks that we are more damaged by the way we remember and process our childhood trauma than by the childhood trauma itself. And oh. that uh, rather than thinking of ourselves as being the tragic recipients of external and unnecessary harm, what about just focusing on what we've always been and what we always liked, you know? So if you always liked music, how about saying, hey, and look at that, I still look at music, I still like music, even with all the other stuff that happened. Maybe it wasn't that big a deal. That's a pretty attractive idea. I like that idea, me. yeah. 
Yeah. It is. Um, uh, yeah, because that's that's almost uh, flies in the face of some of the other ones that are like talk about it so much that it becomes uh, unimportant to you. Like, just oh, I was in the mm-hmm. war, so you know. Um, the other team shot my friend. Just say that 6,000 times a day, and then it, it won't be as hurtful to you anymore. Yeah. See, even as you explain it, I'm not really convinced. And I think that there is some evidence that um, supports the idea that uh, we remember, we, we tend to remember negative or painful things more than yeah, uh, yeah. benign or pleasant things. Um and that seems to make sense, you know, that you'd want to protect yourself against these things. And so they make a bigger, you know, impact on your memory. But, uh, yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe after something like awesome happens that we just want to be our main memory that we always go to, like just the, the forced trauma association that like comes over and, you know, um, hits you in the shin with a baseball bat and just hurts you like very badly for a moment but like ah like but no sorry about that this was just to help you remember the really great thing that happened you know it's like an association thing like sorry about (laughs) sorry about that we studied the the proper area to hit you it's not going to last but you're going to remember this other good thing do I understand the idea correctly that like as you're receiving the award or um, the um, person in the bar you find really attractive is giving you their phone number, then you're going to come and whack them in the shins so they remember getting the award and getting the phone number? Is this, this is the, the, the concept? Because I, I, you may have just found your, your calling, you know? <laughs> Yes. I think it's a little frat boy. You're going to have like a paddle with holes in it to get better, you know. um, Right. uh, Wind resistance. That's good marketing, Tommy. Right. Like the, uh, right. Market it as like a a bar bro uh, gimmick. But wow, wow, we really found that this works. You know, like these bros started doing it as a joke. Now you have trauma, bitch. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you, you know, and then like. It turns out, yes, I do have a little bit of trauma from the the paddle to the leg. And you know what I think about every five minutes? Meeting the love of my life. Yeah, yeah. The paddle guy. <laughs> yeah, the love of my life. <laughs> the paddle guy. <laughs> right, and you're, part of the deal is you have to fall in love with the paddle guy. <laughs> it's what we're famous for. Yes, and the burning bush with which Christ uh, raised the Israelites travels on <laughs> down the podcast aisle with uh, none other than Tup and Tommy here. How you holding up, boys? Do we the halftime check in? Do we do we continue on? I say so. Yeah. I don't think he, Tommy even got an introduction on the in the first segment. Oh right. man. Tommy, please. I think I'm known to regulars of the podcast. You know, I've even been recognized. Like I was at a party one time and I said to the studio, I was like, hey, what's up? And then he, I walked off to be by myself because I'm really good at a party. And he, <laughs> uh, he came after me and he said, are you Tommy from the podcast? And I was like, well, this is, this has never happened to me before in my entire life. I mean, it's been, are you the guy that just threw up all over the men's room? But uh, <laughs> never, never that. 
So yeah, I you know, I feel like I'm at home now oh, on the podcast. Man. Well, yeah. Was the was the men's room thing at the same party or? Yeah, well, it was COVID. There was a lot of crazy stuff going down. <laughs> well, yes, the burning bush himself, Tommy, is with us. Always great to have you, Tommy. Um, and why not get into a few marketing questions for a moment? So hmm. you. Okay, so you you write stuff on food and drinks, right? You you make claims, you write stuff, you you have designs. So I'm looking at this uh, seltzer water, and it says guilt free. I thought it said gluten free. And I was thinking to myself, oh well, like why not? You know, capitalize on that. Like, kind of make guilt free. Have you know, hire an artist to make it look like a little closer to gluten free. And then, hey, hey, if we accidentally trick a few people who like gluten-free stuff, hey, sorry, it says guilt-free. But ironically, I think we'd feel guilty. Oh, the guilt would just mm -hmm. reverse people. We'd be misleading people who are trying to avoid gluten, right? And uh, some of them, I mean, some of them, I'm sure, are silly, frivolous people who should just, you know, shut up and eat some bread. But some of them, you know, probably <laughs> uh, feel a lot better without the gluten. You know, it could be right. a serious thing. Gluteus Maximus themselves, mm. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think, do you think if those people, you think the people who really need uh, gluten-free stuff are getting taken in by the slight, uh, you know, ambiguously written guilt-free? Uh, or are they really checking to make sure and all yeah. you get, like, are you able to hire the correct artist, you know, the, <laughs> hire the artist who's good enough to just pick up the fakers? Oh, there you go. That's what you hire the artist for. <laughs> there's a not, skill. Not to make the design, but to pick up the faker. Yeah, there we yeah go. you get. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting older, and my eyes aren't what they once were, uh, and neither is my mind. So uh, you know, all uh, anything could happen to me at this point. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think you're right, Tup. I think the people who need to check for the gluten are gonna zoom their eyes all the way in to fully read it and not be taken in with you know, a magic eye version of, of reading something on a yeah, but, but bottle. But see, I feel like I haven't been heard. You guys are younger than me. <laughs> my eyes don't zoom all the way in anymore. There isn't a right length. You know, my arms aren't long enough to hold it out and I can't get it right. close enough. There is no green zone anymore. So Yeah, you know, I think I'm, someone who needs to read all that stuff would just kind of zoom in. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> 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 I mean, ho hopefully, unlike me, they would have like, you know, people in their lives who would help them, you know, that right. between the two of them, they could each squint and say, now, is that, honey, does that say gluten or guilty? You know, but me, <laughs> yeah. I, I just have to go on heart, you know? Yeah. I know you've been a, a, a bean man, Tommy. Uh, are you a glute man? Oh, well, right now I'm eating like, uh, I mean, a lot of Doritos and Twizzlers. Those are two great tastes that go well together. Um, I did one time think to look up, are Twizzlers bad for you? And the first yeah. thing that came up was an article that listed the 10 worst candies for you from a nutritional perspective. Maybe that was a little redundant. Um, 
I mean, the worst ones for your frame of mind, it didn't get into. But yeah, the, the worst ones <laughs> nutritionally. And at the top was Twizzlers, the worst one. And the thinking okay. was, really? yeah, well, see, they said that it was the absence of any foodstuffs that like Snickers really does have a peanut in it and that chocolate has like uh. cocoa, but a Twizzler is corn syrup and red food dye and cornstarch. And so mm. it's, you know, yeah, it's, it has nothing good and only potential bad, no redeeming qualities. Um, so I, I think I'm trying to say, no, I'm not watching my gluten at this point uh, at yeah. all. Yeah. That is a, a fair assessment of, of it sounds like what you're doing. I feel like calories are a misleading thing. Like, all right, well, I had 2,000 calories, just like they say, but it was all bad stuff. So it's like I checked off one part of what I'm supposed to be doing, but not another. This is too much. Give us one measuring stick, please. Anything to that? Well, I mean, I, I had a really I, angry response because I realized that growing up in the 80s like I did, when all they talked about was cholesterol and saturated fats, that that was the work of the sugar industry. Yeah. That I have this thing in me that says, oh, well, sugar, you know, it's not great for you. It's calories, but it's at least it's not fat, you know, oh, that would right. be so terrible. And yeah. that's all like lobbying and, um, you know, marketing, probably the, the same guy that's trying to, uh, pass off guilt-free is gluten-free. He's, you know, laughing all the way, <laughs> eating bacon and, and going to live to a hundred, you know? Um, yes. I think they did eventually say like, oh, well, as long as it's like, like fatty carb or fatty, uh, non-carbs or something they were like yeah have a bunch of that like or something recently yeah I yeah I, I just <laughs> you know realizing that um i had really been taken in on a you know I, not even a conscious level this is just you know in the back of my mind like oh yeah it's cool i can eat a two pound bag of twizzlers in two days and that's that's okay because it's <laughs> doesn't have any fat it says so right there you know <laughs> It's it like Twizzlers I associate with licorice and licorice seems like uh it's like a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 I'm glad I'm so glad that we got to this because now finally after all these episodes I think we've found a reason to listen to this because this is a a, a public safety thing. Black licorice, which is what licorice is, right? You don't have to say black licorice because if you're talking about licorice we're talking about, you know, anise, black licorice, can right. kill you. It killed a guy um, uh, within the last two years. I think he lived in Boston. He was certainly a construction worker. And he had decided to switch from, like, the dessert that he kept in his lunch, you know, pail. Because, you know, he's like a construction worker. And he brought his, okay. And he decided instead of the chocolate, he was going to have black licorice, redundant and he dropped down. He dropped dead uh, after a few months, and they did an autopsy, and it was the licorice that killed him. So, oh, man. red My licorice, so-called red red licorice, is really strawberry twists. That's that's oh, what we're talking about. That. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Kleenex strawberry tissue, twist. Kleenex tissue phenomenon, where we just started calling one thing another a bit of a uh, Mandela effect. Seemingly, 
When it, when it comes to Twizzlers, the brand, Twizzlers is a brand. It's the Kleenex of tissues. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Twizzlers has, I think, a black licorice version of it. Yeah. In addition to the, the ruby red or whatever they, Strawberry they call twist. that. Strawberry twist. Yeah. Now, are you saying that the black licorice has f- real food in it and that's the... Uh, Anise, uh, or and the but the the other ones don't don't have anything, or are they all fake at that point? And now we're talking about uh, maroon food dye instead of red food dye. Ah, uh, and it's uh, all it's all cornstarch. Well, okay, okay. I, this is like the best. We, we went from zero to 60, 60 guys. <laughs> this is now the best podcast maybe ever. So. Um, <laughs> It depends, Tup. It's such a great and nuanced question. Um, I don't know if Twizzlers has really bleached all of the anise out of their black licorice product. <laughs> they may have. I believe that their original um, like marketing slogan at the World's Fair uh, in 1902 was, these suckers will eat anything. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, um, and and also like um, never for my children was their second one. You know, my children will never eat this. Um, oh God! But you can get at places like Trader Joe's or uh, you know uh, uh, the thing that used to be Whole Foods. You know, the Bezos place. You can get red licorice products that do have food in them, and certainly black licorice that will kill you. <laughs> right. And and sorry I, that we got so quickly away from it, but is in finishing the public service announcement, how how was it that the black licorice killed him uh, in particular? Stopped his heart, which is something that all methods of dying have in common. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, he did a documentary, Super Licorice Me, and he ate licorice every day for a month. Well, th- and, that was uh, the thing. He did. He, he only ate it at lunch. He made a big deal about it. He told his family and the people he worked with, hey, check me out. I'm eating black licorice just a little bit after lunch. Um, and I think it was a little more than a little bit. And I remember he was replacing some other dessert food and he thought the black licorice would be healthier. But in fact, you know, if he had been eating Twinkies, you know, maybe he would have got hit by a bus. We'd, that's not knowable. But as it is, the black licorice stopped his heart. Was he trying to say that, like, prove a point that this would be healthier than some other dessert? Or just like, I'm just going to pick a thing to do and do it and see what happens? No, he, he was saying, you know, I'm, this is self-improvement. I'm, I'm, you know, changing my habits for something that will serve me better, you know. Only, only if slightly, even if only slightly. Yeah. Well, and we don't, it's we, a we don't suspicious. know because when you die, people say that you went to a better place. So maybe, I mean, I hate to be maudlin, but, you know. Depends oh. on our perspective here. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tup. It's suspicious. I just, I just think it's suspicious that he was like talking so much about this shift to the black licorice, and then he dies from it. Like that's that's like, I don't know. It's like somehow he was under duress or something, and he's going, "Yeah, I'm, boy, I, I sure I'm glad I switched to this licorice. I'm eating this licorice now. Uh, by the way, just just, just to anybody who'll listen." <laughs> 
distract yeah. from the fact that he's poisoning himself. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, was it? Could it have been something like that, where he was just on his way out, and he wanted to people to attribute it to the to the black licorice, uh, not to be. <laughs> That's so like an Madeline, insurance but... scream, uh, an insurance fraud type of deal. Uh, it's all a red yes. herring or a black licorice herring. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, don't you find that a bit odd? Like when was the last time you even knew anybody who would tell you about what he was, especially a construction worker? Well, who's going to be. T- this is not the first time in talking to you, which I always enjoy and always find thought provoking. Where I think, well, maybe Top and I just have entirely different experiences as human beings, you know, because it's been my experience that uh, a fellow human is likely to tell me anything about themselves and at great length. No, this isn't how your interactions go. People don't just like start talking about themselves, you know, kind of as though it's interesting. And sometimes it is, you know. And sometimes you're like, oh, black licorice, huh? No more mini Snickers. Well, they're, they're fun size. Oh. But I'm just trying to, I'm struggling to picture a construction, like a stereotypical comedy construction worker, which maybe this guy wasn't. But I'm talking about like, you know, a construction worker from a movie, even considering what to, that, that he might bring up a shift in his dietary preferences. I don't have any problem with it. Because he's talking about his his will, right? For 42 years, every day, I ate a Snickers. Mike, did you? Uh, did okay. I eat Snickers? Yeah. Mike's like, yeah, he, he ate a Snickers. Larry, did he I eat sure a Snickers? Did. Yeah, he ate a Snickers. And then one day, yeah. I decided I'm not going to eat any more Snickers. And instead of having a big king-size Snicker, which is, you know, really bad for me because uh, it right it satisfies it should be instead of lunch not in addition to lunch i told my wife darlene i says darlene i'm gonna switch to black licorice yeah <laughs> ain't that right ain't that right mike uh-huh. he's killing himself for the insurance money <laughs> yeah yeah once I, you frame I, it like that you're right if it's like some ritual thing he's been doing for 40 years you know and I'm going right. to just, I got I to gotta make this plan to wean myself off of any dessert. And I'm going to go from Snickers to licorice. And yes, you're goddamn right. The whole world knows about that because I'm, I'm proud, first off. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can just chime in here with my own, like, contribution to mankind, my own little strategy for why it's okay for me to eat so many strawberry twists. And the answer is, uh, gosh, I should really are we charging people to listen to this because maybe we need to monetize this now but <laughs> i have spaces between my teeth right so i just keep a lot of the strawberry twists in there never swallow it i get to enjoy it you know but i don't think it really affects me because it's just kind of below the gum line turning into yes. bacteria and rotting out my teeth tommy i love this i've been saying for years we don't need to actually recycle the plastic we just like keep mm. it in our houses. It's the same mm. thing, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. Just, oh yeah. Just like keep it on your desk. Yeah, well, it's not going to hurt anything inside your house. It's not that Twizzlers isn't going to get in your calorie count if it's just in your teeth. I don't see how it could. <laughs> or excuse me, does the sugar drip off there slowly and get in your calorie count? Uh, I'm sorry. I think you mean the corn syrup, which <laughs> corn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, syrup is the sugar. The corn is, 
Yeah, fructose corn syrup. Excuse me, corn's in there, my friends. Well, and corn starch, but apparently it's so processed according, you know, to the, who, who knows? I didn't look up and see what the person who wrote this, you know, article, what their training was. And, you know, it's, it's, I Googled it. So who knows what their, their algorithm does? Maybe, you know, Google, I'm sure knows me well enough to have their algorithm be, you know, what will scare Tom the most or bum him out the most. So I don't right. know how good the information is. This is just, you know, I thought, I thought I was gonna get a little pick me up, you know, uh, are Twizzlers bad for you? No, not that bad. It's, you know, just it's some empty calories, but no, the worst. Yeah. 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 And you um, can't even switch to the other kind. Cause those will kill you straight away. <laughs> so yeah. In addition to being like even less enjoyable than like the, you know, waxy candle experience of eating a Twizzler strawberry twist, you know, the anise, they wipe, they wipe you out. It's, it's, well, it's not that, it's not that good, you know? Okay. It tastes, it tastes good bad, in an yeah. oxtail broth. If you ever had oxtail soup, sometimes that'll have like an anise taste and it's, you know, and maybe it's anise. I don't know. Anisa. I don't know. I don't Jennifer know. These things. Yeah. Um, yeah. The slowest way to run is just stand, standing still. Um, mm. We are a big gun law podcast and I just wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> bounce something off you guys for a moment here you know they can like shoot you if you go on somebody's property i was thinking like a kid just you know walking down the street and just you know kids do weird shit they just like drag their foot along or like walk along somebody's like stone wall stonewall jacks you know what i mean just like can you just shoot, shoot some kid who just like you know playfully like hops up on the like a little bit on your grass or something Is there something that you want to tell us, Pete? Did something happen? <laughs> no. um, yeah, um, there's a uh, there's an injured child here with me who no um, some beaver cleaver looking kid that likes to walk on the curb funny. Yeah, or just I was I was walking with uh, my niece and nephew today, and you know we're we're down here at the uh, the shore as they say, and a lot of the grass where grass would be is rocks. And these people like to keep their rocks in order and like, you know, comb their rocks or rake them, I suppose. And just like a kid walks by there and just like drags their foot and just like to play with the rocks and like mess them up a little bit, you know? I'm like, oh, right, we're on this guy's property. The, you know, trespassing, just shoot, get shot for that. Well, up since you're not just jumping in pete i'll take a stab at this uh, <laughs> and say man i think the precedent is set that you can kind of shoot whoever you want in the america that i know and love okay well particularly if they're on your rocks but what i wouldn't do is yell at a kid um that I think you'd get in trouble for. And I'm really thinking of a story <laughs> that happened to a, a very dear friend of mine and a quite a talented songwriter. Um, I'm just going to call him Steve right now because of the story I'm going to tell, which I'll try to be brief. But he was 
he had this house and, you know, 2008 and the bottom dropped out of the market and he didn't live there anymore. He had to get rid of this property. It had really been bumming him out for many, many years. He had moved away and he was back to try to sell this property in St. Louis. And uh, I think as part of that, or just coincidentally, they were re-pouring or fixing the cement sidewalk in front of his house. And he was watching this and then he happened to notice like a young kid, girl, you know, maybe four or five, six years old with a stick, you know, carving a heart into it or her initials. And he like flipped out. He's like, no, no, don't, uh, you gotta stop doing that. Stop doing that right now. And, uh, it, it really ruined his relationship with like all the neighbors. Uh, he really became, uh, they thought he was a weird guy. So yeah. I, I'm saying if he had just done kind of, <laughs> if he'd been a little bolder and shot her, <laughs> right? St. Louis, this is the town where, um, remember those th th those two people came out of their mansion in their gated community with and brandished guns at some Black Lives Matter protesters. Oh. And now the guy's like running for governor. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's him? That's the guy you're talking about? Steve, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can't see my air quotes here. Uh, I'm getting used to this radio format. Yeah, hell of a songwriter, man. And a good impression of Steve that you did earlier as well. Thanks. You know, I, I have one more Steve story, and this one's really going to suck even more because I, Steve called me up one time. He's really excited, and he. He asked me, I'm running for he, governor. <laughs> yeah. To, if I, if he had my vote, if I would remember him on election day, move back to Missouri and register. But no, he called me and he said, you know how everybody's always asking Don McLean, what's American pie about? And it, uh, I said, well, I, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm aware of that. He said, well, first thing, Don, you might want to consider answering while anybody's still asking. <laughs> but he told me that he had figured out where Don McLean got American Pie from. And then he sang to me a little bit of a melody. And this is why it's going to be such a, a tease of a story. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm not Steve and it's not mine to share. But it's so uh. exciting. I know something that I think... You know, Steve Steve was like, that's why Don won't answer the question. Because he lifted it from this tune. Oh, shit. All right. So. I will give you, you Steve's info if you want to have him on the podcast. That's that's yes. what I can say. Right. Have him plug his run for governor. Uh, and and bless podcast. your um, your things, Pete, about uh, harming people when they do something nice. To help them remember it. Oh, yes. Uh, shooting little kids who are absentmindedly walking adjacent to your property. <laughs> I and, don't want to do that. I just think other people might be like, hey, don't mess up my stuff. And like, I'm within my rights. One of these, like, I'm within my rights, even though I'm just being a dickhead and like, uh, you know, overthinking the law or something. Pete, I haven't forgotten that more than once, I mean, what? Have we hung out 10 times? And on, I'm saying more than once, you've brought up this idea like, 
is it morally wrong to kill somebody while they're eating a sandwich as long as they don't see it coming and you do it all of a sudden? You know, now we haven't hung out all that much, but I've eaten sandwiches with you and I'm just telling you that this this is in my mind. <laughs> That's very fair, Tommy. Yeah, I do talk about that a little too much. It's a, it's I could imagine people behind my back being like, has has Pete done that like sandwich morality question to you? And then I could see there being like a, an intervention coming about, you know, what are you planning or what's the matter with you or something? So very fair. And when you when you reframe that question in the lens of of the sandwich back of the head morality uh, killing, I think you're really onto something, which what better way to get into possibly some, uh, song sharing of our own here, fellas. What do you say? Shall we? Yes. Some morality killings of our own. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just, morality killing is a funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. These songs are guaranteed to kill your morality. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You will come back from hearing them with, uh, no morality whatsoever. And that's by design. Once and for all here. It's what we're famous for. All right. Yeah. The, uh, the song sharing company where, you know, you hail a song and it uh, comes around and delivers a telegram to you has, uh, has gone back into business. And, and here we are. It's up, Tommy and myself. Um, and I found myself in trying to come up with a song to uh, share. I felt myself maybe just like being inspired by Tommy. And my first attempt was like this, um, maybe just right out of Tommy's songbook, like based on kind of this uh, joke I had been trying on stage a couple of times that never worked. But like, you know, I always hold the door for you. And then like, you know, uh, you wait a beat closed came like on a next court you know what i mean and kind of yeah. and then i was like wait a minute i feel like tommy did a song like this recently um that was kind of like that same type of like light reveal after i was like so i moved on from that but that was one workshop job i'm what, sure what, be interested this tommy tommy me yes i have Tom a song Bernath, like uh yeah the i well not that exact thing but i feel like that was you-esque to me like just that um, how, how am I supposed to feel that when an idea presented to you is like similar to me that you passed on it immediately? Oh, hopefully honored. And that I was like, I wouldn't want to copy the guy. Um, you know, I, I was like, oh, and I, and honored that like it got into my, um, my, what is that? My, um, the, my parallel thought machine. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll still be friends with you. I think it, it's a pretty <laughs> cool idea for a song though. It seems good. Definitely. I, I like it and only wouldn't do it right to you out of fear of being like, oh, didn't you do like, and I'm not, I can't even like point to what I mean by that. It just like reminded me of you and like, yeah. if you get a way. second one, then I think you'd be in the zone. You know, I always hold the door for you closed. I always what? Uh, I always sing a song for you poorly is what I was going to. And then like, I always buy a snack for you that you don't like. And maybe I was thinking of like, uh, maybe it like started to remind me of the, uh, you da, 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 mm -hmm. like it's supposed okay. to you, da, 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 da. like wow, that. When it, I was like, that oh, one. it's that feel of a song to me. And I was like, oh, I, I'm, and I love that song. And, you uh, take care of you. Yeah. Yes. That's a banger. Yeah. That Guys, one. So, wow. 
So it started to remind me of that. And so I just like, not in the way of like, oh, I don't want to do a song like Tommy. I think uh-huh. you're amazing. Um, in the way well, of like, you. oh, I don't want to just. Like, if, if you want to do something shred. with that song, you know, if you hear something on it, go for it, man. You know, because, uh, yeah, I've have I had forgotten about it. So thank you guys for uh, reminding me. Okay. So what did you come up with after you decided you weren't going to uh, buy her a snack she doesn't like and close the door <laughs> on her? And you know, you, know what, you know what just came into my mind about it? Like, uh, Hit me. I always remind you of your father. Um, <laughs> that that is a song concept, or that well, you in, always in remind me of song, my father, right? All, all the things, all the all the things that you do, you know, yeah. like I hold the door for you, closed. Uh, you know, right. I remind you of your dad. Um, just yeah, I mean, rip rip from the headlines, man. Headlines of my life. Uh, and anywho, go on. So then, what did you, you do after you? My father. No, I remind um, you of your father. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tommy reminds me of my father. It was uh, is the song I did come up with. <laughs> Tom Bernath reminds me of my father. Me, Peter Muth. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I don't necessarily have to go first. Does anybody want to talk through any uh, any pre uh, preliminary information that in trying to uh, pump out a song to share they 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 stumbled upon or. Okay, I'll, the, I'll talk for a little bit. Since you opened the door there, you didn't hold it closed for me. I'll talk yes. for a little bit. But I want to, before I say what I have to say, to acknowledge that, uh, you know, I am not Paul McCartney or Carol King, and I'm not saying that I am or that I know anything. But... I have devoted a lot of my life to wanting to write songs, whether I've written them or not, or whether they were good or not, right? I've wanted that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when I talk with you, Tup, and you, Pete, I do identify that we might be playing this game a little bit differently. Okay. Because uh, I, there's no wrong way to do it. But very rarely do I think of an idea for a song and then feel motivated to sit down and try to realize that idea. Mm -hmm. Instead, sometimes I notice that there seems to be something in my head and maybe I should pay attention to it. And then I like, because... I place a high value on writing songs. Again, whether they're good or not, I've always wanted to be a songwriter and to write songs. So when I have this feeling that there's something in my head that seems like it's already a song, I have to be very careful not to like spook it, you know? Mm. Um, mm. So not to get too excited, like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm writing a song. Oh, this is going to be so great. Um because that's a sure way. And, and so the um, analogy that I like for what it seems to me like the process is, is more like, and I've probably said this to both of you before, I already admitted my memory isn't what it was, but like an archaeologist with a brush trying to uncover some dinosaur bones and all they're doing, yeah, they hope it's a full set of dinosaur bones or that it's like 10 dinosaurs, 
but really they're just being careful not to harm what's there. It's a discovery and trying to find the borders. And then if some of the bones are damaged or missing, then they might feel like, okay, well, I got to make some guesses. I'll manufacture some plastic stuff that maybe is what was supposed to be here. But ideally, they'd just be able to uncover the whole thing and not ever have to answer this question of, uh, what do I do now with the part that I don't have? Mm, Yeah. I love that perspective. And uh, yeah, that's really beautiful. I, um, I don't think it gets a lot of stuff done. I mean- like, yeah, it might, yeah, it might do like, I feel like if I had that, I would never have just the, ah, whatever, just, just toss around this idea and like, um, yeah, but also I do want more, um, what would the word be? I do, I do kind of wish I could add that, add a level of importance to it. You know what I mean? And like, ah, like don't just do it 20 minutes before the podcast and whatever you come up with, go with that. Like, you know, pretend the deadline is uh 5 PM and then uh, pretend that there's another deadline at six 30 and like, I don't know, give it a little more time and would it be that much better or would it still just be like a toss away goof song or uh, would you find that, Oh wow, this is, this is like something I really want to spend even more time on. And like, you know, I want to, I want to write the next, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, I I think I'm saying that I think the time it takes is waiting to have an idea. Mm. You know, Tom Petty talked about it like it was fishing, that he had to spend a lot of time by himself with his, you know, hook in the water, so to speak, till he got a bite. And, you know, then it's like, oh, I hope it's a big one. Um, I think it's it, like it, it, it's it's got to be good for your chops to say, okay, I'm going to write a song, whether I have you know any musical idea or not. I'm just gonna, by force of will, I'm gonna yeah. flex and make this happen. Get it that, off my back, whatever it is. Yeah, like there's something to that for sure. Um, just I'm not saying you're probably going to have a smaller percentage of uh, greatness if if that's your technique, but. Um, well, you might be better prepared for when you do have an idea because you flex those muscles so many times, right. you know, to, yeah. to get things fleshed out. But aren't you by just trying to create these fake uh, deadlines, eliminating the ones that if you were just sitting around and waiting for them to come to you, you might be getting to them a little more quickly by eliminating the ones that aren't that one. You know what I mean? Uh, not really. Could you explain? You're like, oh, I... Sure. You wrote, oh, okay. So I wrote, uh, you know, walk down the street today. Okay. That isn't, uh, wild, wildflowers. Good. So that one's out of the way. Um, okay. Walk, walk down the street yesterday. Let's try that. Walk down the street yesterday. Okay. That's not wildflowers either. <laughs> Let's keep going. And that was just... pretty good though. <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. Uh, Cause like, <laughs> I think somehow it's like more interesting that it happened yesterday. I'm a little more curious about where you were going or where you had just come from, you know? Uh, right. So point proven, um, which gets us nicely into the song section. No, I hear you, Tommy. And, uh, I do like talking about the different schools of thought and I feel like I'm coming, I'm coming into this, uh, as a guy who 
never had any school of thought and probably still don't have much business trying to write songs, but I think that- I strongly disagree there. I support your songwriting. I I like what you do. Thank you very much. I, I'm going to keep talking then unless, you know, one of you like really wants to oh, go right now. Hit it. Go, baby. Okay. Because I don't remember if I told you about this one or not. I probably did because I was excited about it, but it's within the last two weeks, certainly. Yeah. Um, and this is one where I did have the title first. I had the title for wow. a long time and, um, you know, it, well, it's why are the beers always empty? Um, okay. Right. It did. Did I share this one with you? I, that title sounds familiar, but I'm trying title, to remember. Yeah. Okay. I don't well, think I, the song. Okay. I I had the title. You know, and it happens. I reach for the beer. It's empty, and I think, oh, why are the beers always empty? You know. Oh, that's yeah. When am I going to write that song? And I have a friend who I've written songs with in the past, but our lives have changed, and now we're not as close as we were. His and, beers are always uh, full. His are, yeah. Um, so I'm like a little jealous and everything. Um, <laughs> but I, I wrote to him, I thought, well, you know, Hey David, why don't you write, you know, do you remember why are the beers always empty? Uh, do you have anything for this? And he wrote back, he was, wait a second. What happened was as soon as I press send, I got the song. And I just started uh, writing it down and I knew I, I was like, Oh shit. I just asked him to do it. Damn and it. it's already done. I'm going to have this done in like 30 seconds. Wow. Um, and I haven't played it since then. It's a voice memo. I, I, the chords didn't really work. And I think what we'll probably do is just play the voice memo for you at this point in the, uh, in the podcast. Um, and in fact... For right now, just so you can hear it, why don't I play it through my speakerphone speaker? Um, yeah. Uh, I think you'll be able to hear, I hope. Why are the beers always empty? Why is my wiener so small? Why are my songs always waltzes? Must I sing with this fake southern drawl? I'm tired of the ends and beginnings. I'm tired of these endless betweens. I've had enough of the sounds of the suburbs. I'm sick to death of this musicless scene. If you're thinking that you could rise above it, be sure to wave as you're passing me by And since you can clearly stand Would you lend me a hand And bring a beer to me Mine's always dry Oh, why? And nice. a, then there's more words here Oh, that's uh, it a says, It says, why are the beers always empty? Whatever happened to the bottomless cup? Sup? <laughs> I may be looking real good, but I'm feeling pretty rough That's a Keith Richards line would somebody order me up an Uber? Would somebody pay for my ride? I can hear that. Somebody order me up an Uber. Would somebody pay for my ride? So I oh, guess yeah. I was thinking about doing more, but it, it actually comes in at a minute if I just end it and bring a beer to me. Mine's always dry. Oh, oh that's a nice uh, bar, bar room. Link your arms. Have some fun. 
slammer of a song. I like that. Thank you. Yes. I was I was happy because like um, I'm tired of the ends and beginnings. I'm tired of these endless betweens. That's I liked endless beautiful. betweens. You know, like in betweens. But here, yeah. yeah. And then that's a yeah. St. Patty's Day episode too. You know, if you want, if you're up up for singing it with an Irish accent. Uh, come back on. We'll, I'm sure we'll... up for you singing it with an Irish accent. My Irish accent, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. After hearing your uh, your McCartney or your uh, Lennon, I feel like I if you could move it over. Beatles. Yeah, you can move it over to Irish. No problem. What What is that? One and then step we over? do a nice, you know, uh, loud, boisterous three part harmony on the on the the chorus of that. That's a that's a uh, that's a killer right there. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I that's tried. A a, everybody uh, who I sent it to, you know, was like, "Oh, your wiener's small," and so I did on this piece of paper. I scratched it out and put bladder, but I don't. I it's got to be wiener. You know, yeah. it's just the better question to ask yeah, for sure. And then and then I really uh, I, I'm I'm sorry to like now talk about why I think it's so good, but I loved saying why are my songs always waltzes? Must I sing with this fake southern draw? Like, no, of course Love I don't have to, but I'm always going to do it. You know, no, that's so, like beautiful yeah. songwriting this small. Yeah. stuff. That that's yeah, those pieces are what I would love to be able to do. Like uh, those poetic moments. Um, Meeting the nice melody changes, I yeah, that's that's the good shit right there. Yeah, the wiener line, the wiener, specifically, the word wiener is all I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was something, yeah, it, it did something for me. I knew. Okay, th th I'll give you a little more background. A couple of days before this, I was singing made-up waltz material like that for like a long time, like half an hour. I was by myself in the house and I was like, man, I wish I was recording this because this stuff is so funny that I'm singing right now. Um, but I, I couldn't do anything except keep singing it. You know, I felt like if I stopped, I wasn't going to be able to start again. Yeah. Uh, the, so I think that I kind of might've had this cadence, you know, and then, and then, yeah, I, I wrote to David said, write me the song. He wrote back right away and said, Tom, I think you already wrote that. I think it, I think it's already done, which I have no recollection of that, but it was already too late because it, however it came out, my feeling while doing it was, oh, I'm in the zone and this feels so good. Oh, that's great, man. I, what a great feeling to have. It Chase that sucker, of, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're going to chase something, it's it's that feeling. But uh, it, you know, not to here I'm saying that what I just said is interesting, but I do find <laughs> it interesting like I've had this title for a long time. I've wanted this song to be something for a long time, but then when it was time for it to come out, it didn't take any effort at all, and I was just like laughing and really eager to play it for people like th this is funny this is a side of me that i want people to see yeah nicely done man into it big time yeah i'd say lay that one down for real or yeah save it for the uh saint patrick's Day episode of this imagine telling somebody to save one of their good songs for the saint patrick's day episode <laughs> of this podcast 
But no, there I was I, doing that. I'll th- totally you know. do that. I'll totally do that happily. What else am I going to do with it? And um, yeah, I will just send you the voice memo. I, I have been accused of, and maybe I don't want to be cured of demo-itis. You know, once I put the song down and I like my performance of it, I I don't hear something that says, now do the real one. You know, I'm I, with you. I do with the real ones for other people, you know, but for me, yeah. I, I, like... I got what I needed singing it into my voice memo right in that moment when I felt it and it it wasn't a cover song yet, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I think I definitely have, uh, I was going to say suffer. Not, I don't think it's a suffer at all. I think I have some of that too. We're just like, ah, there it was. That was it. I heard a uh, Jack Johnson talk on a podcast one time about that. He's like, I like the just garage band versions of half these songs better than the album, but yeah. I don't know. I guess I just made the album too. Like, um, but yeah, so here we go on to maybe another uh, garage band version of a, of a song that will never make it onto an album. Tup, you want to go or uh, what, who do, how should we uh, move sure, down the podcast can, aisle? We can uh, try to workshop my idea a little bit. Sure. Um, which, yeah, I didn't have a musical idea at all. I have a bunch of musical ideas, probably most, a lot of which I've sent to you guys. But uh, for whatever reason, I came up with a concept of like what a song could be about. And then I don't really, in particular, like where the music, where I tried to scramble to write some music for it. So uh, I'll try to play what, what I have written down, and then we can figure out a better way of doing it. All right, so. Why is my wiener so small? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, no, not that, sorry. I always hold the door for you close. All right, so, yeah. All right, here's the concept here, so. I can't prove it yet Just need a little more time Before the trap is set Before I'm able to cast the die Don't have much evidence Mostly just a feeling I get Never been hesitant Now I don't know if I know my own pet I need a lawyer to explain to me What it really means And then some high voiced But I'm 90% sure That my dog is trying to kill me She's been biding the time for The moment to strike so far <laughs> damn yeah that's awesome i love that yeah what's that melody again 90 percent sure hit, hit that one once for me but i'm 90 percent sure that my dog is trying to kill me she's been biting her time for 
the moment to strike. <laughs> That's really good. I'm 90% sure that my dog is trying to kill me. But I'm gonna keep fighting for, fighting for my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't really face. That's that's fire, man. I like that one. Uh, I'm gonna keep fighting for my life. I hope <laughs> the dog attacks my wife first <laughs> instead <laughs> of me. Something there. I mean, <laughs> life and wife, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna hide yeah. behind my wife. You know, then you don't have to have first hang on. <laughs> All right. Please yeah. take my wife. Please. Right. Yeah. A little honey, honey Youngman <laughs> nod there. Yes. Yeah. Please take my wife, uh, well, for where, example. Where, where does it come from, Tup? I mean, do you have a dog? I, I have a dog. Yeah. I, I just, so there's a couple things recently. Like, she just, I swear, just like I'm walking down the steps with her and she just like cuts me off on the steps. Hmm. Uh, like, <laughs> and I, it, there's no reason for her to do it whatsoever. I think she just like, she's anxious or something. She just keeps doing really weird stuff. But like, we're just like walking together down the steps and she just, just darts in front of me and like seriously nearly trips me down the, the staircase. And then, <laughs> and then just recently I've woken up a few times and she's just right next to my bed. Like just standing up <laughs> with a gun <laughs> <laughs> and trying to feed you yeah. back licorice. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, I think tempts you to go onto her property so she can shoot you, <laughs> <laughs> offering you a sandwich. <laughs> what I think it is is I've forgotten to give her like her evening snack or whatever, and she just <laughs> thinks if she just like. <laughs> stands there that eventually i'll just wake up and give it to her uh, but anyway i just piece piecing that together with the other thing i just started thinking now oh, maybe she is just trying to kill me or yeah. plotting to kill me but i couldn't get plotting in there because like yeah i'm 90 percent sure that my dog is plotting to kill me it could yeah yeah man that that's hot um okay top uh First of all, like when we think of problems that say parents might have raising their children, at some point, whenever I think about those kinds of things, and I'm not saying that I'm thinking about my own parents or anything, but I, I eventually work myself around to the point where it's like, yeah, but the parents were supposed to be adults. The kid was a kid and the parents were adults. And I think that in this relationship you've got with your dog, I think it's on you to set the tone. And I believe you can do it. And I think that you're right, that your dog wants to be rubbing it against your legs and uh, under your feet because it does feel some kind of anxiety or insecurity. And, uh, you know, I think after you finish this really good song about how the dog wants to kill you, <laughs> maybe you've you got really some like her. relationship work to do here and i i just don't i don't think it should be on your dog what's the dog's name bucket rocket uh no bucket bucket oh wow uh yeah i don't think it's really <laughs> on bucket to come to you and say tup we need to talk first you named me bucket now, now you wonder why I'm trying to kill you. 
you know, think this through, Tup. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we didn't think it through when it came to uh, come bucket. You know what I mean? Um, mm. In terms of calling the dog over. That was oh, not well thought. No, I just realized what, uh, I mean, I've, yeah. Well, that was really, a, frankly, a pretty good motive for Bucket to have some hard feelings and to be expressing <laughs> them Yeah. in this way. So, yeah, boy, I have a lot of concerns. Um, frankly, for <laughs> you, Tup, I hope that you survive. Um, and that, Thanks. yeah, maybe if you get this book um, about the soul's code and read it to Bucket, uh, she can find out, you know, like what her real calling always was before you were such a miserable failure as her parent. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think that sounds good. I've, uh, I will order it unless you're the kind of person who just mails somebody a book. Um, somebody which... mailed it to me. I could pay it forward. I'm absolutely not going to, but okay. that is yeah, how I, would... I got it. I know somebody, one of those people. Yeah, Conley Aschenbach, I'd, I'm talking to you. I'd be upset if you did it. I think that's like uh, <laughs> that's like somebody sends me a thank you card and I send an apology note back to them that they had yeah. to write the thank you uh, card. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it starts a, a cycle that, uh, yeah, could really. I would never, never want end. you to have to mail anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, please don't. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I won't. I think this song is really worth finishing. And I'm glad that it comes from a real place. I am going to give you a thought that came out with one of my music clients who had brought to me a bunch of stuff for me to listen to. And they, unlike you, asked what I thought, but I'm just going to offer this to you. Oh, that's what this part of the podcast is for. Oh, well, damn. Okay. Um, you may have noticed that I that it wasn't good no well that I go real simple <laughs> all the time and perhaps to a fault and in your songwriting a lot of times I feel like you're working pretty hard to offer up some music you know and something that isn't already something else and I think those like I understand those concerns and I think you're good at it but what I offer to this other guy that I'm now going to offer to you is not every part, you know, some of the parts can be really simple. And I did like where you started, which I thought was like pretty simple. And it, it was putting me in a place of like kind of an early eighties. I wish I had Jesse's girl. And I thought of some minute work right. tunes that I liked. And, uh, so maybe you're already doing what my thought is, but it's good for us, I think, as a listener to have a place where we can just rest and be comfortable listening to your lyric and not feeling challenged. You know, I, I know we don't want to be bland, but things, I think it sets off the more complex parts when there's contrast with, you know, this part has real simple harmony and then we get something with a fancier chord or here I'm using real simple everyday words and now I'm using, you know, fancier words. But I did, the more I think about what you do, the more I think you're already doing that and you didn't really need that. Piece no, of I it. think that's, I do need, that's, 
that's great uh, feedback that I think maybe we've already talked about it, Tommy, but I'm like, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And it applies directly to most of my crappy songwriting is that just like, I mostly I'm trying to make it interesting for myself. Uh, like, I just don't, I'm not interested in, in, in doing the same song because I don't have anything to say at all well you <laughs> like that's say the thing that, is I don't I, I don't have anything to say uh lyrically at all so musically I'm trying to say something that I or, or or bring something up that I find interesting or different and that's mostly all I'm bringing to the table is that but I agree totally that I what that causes is sometimes just like too much. There's just too much crap going on. Yeah, well, and I, I have I neither of those things, <laughs> um, which gets us nicely into me. Yeah, I, I, I got good music or worse. Oh, of course. Um, I was going to make that joke. You have you can have many thoughts as you want. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, it, this isn't even my thought, but there is a video of a Paul Simon master class uh, from the '80s. And he's talking to a bunch of students about songwriting. And he said that uh, something that people come up to him and ask him all the time is uh, just what you just said. I don't have anything to say. And Paul Simon says, you do have something to say. You just don't want to say it because you're embarrassed to say it most likely. And he said that how he gets around it in his songwriting is he likes to start with something that is true, something that's a fact. Like they got a wall in China that's a thousand miles long to keep <laughs> out the foreigners. They made it strong. Well, I got a wall around me that you can't even see. It took a little time to get next to me. So he, he works his way oh, in from- That's cool a fact and if you listen to his writing he's doing that all over the place listen to this one he says nature gives us shapeless shapes like clouds and waves and flame but human expectation is that love remains the same and when it doesn't we point our fingers and blame 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 we say you're the one you broke my heart you made me cry wow that's oh, pretty man, good what a right? strategy you yeah. should have never given that strategy up. That's too. <laughs> well, I think the more the merrier, you know. But uh, that's true. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Interesting. Got to do a bunch of research on how big all these different, like how tall Stonehenge is and stuff like that. But I like, <laughs> I like having the <laughs> Stonehenge is fourteen feet tall. Uh, <laughs> yes. And now my dog's trying to kill me. Uh huh. <laughs> who knows how long a kilometer is? But I'm not in England anymore. Right. The the biggest bridge in the world is the Golden Gate Bridge. Sixty two thousand people <laughs> drive over it every day. <laughs> Did you know that my love is also a bridge uh -huh. that you can cross right over and meet there every day? Yeah. There you and go. I, I write better songs than you when I go over the bridge. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, after the two factual opening statements, it's just insult. <laughs> that was Paul Simon's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fact, fact, insult. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. Just, yep. He has that a master class is, uh, with just the shittiest advice of all time. Just really, he's just trying to bury every other songwriter. That's, that's it, the, it, right, In a 60 right. Minutes interview, he said that he does the music first. It doesn't bother him at all that he doesn't think about what the 
lyrics or melody will be. He records the whole track. And they said once he gets it done, he uh, bounces a rubber ball against the wall. He said, because it's my house. Uh, so he does it like in, yeah. in, in his study or whatever. He bounces a ball against the wall and sings some stuff until, you know, he's got Graceland. Wow. Which, okay. An- anything half decent I've ever written has been written that, that exact way without the rubber ball, but uh, just anything pretty good has been written with uh, gibberish singing, get the melody, figure it out, and then, you know, just later see if I can happily have some words aligned to it. That's awesome. I mean, uh, McCartney had scrambled eggs, you know, I love your legs, I think, and thought, you know, maybe yesterday my troubles were far away was better. Man. Yeah. How wrong that? was he? Scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave Matthews' uh, satellite was after her, which is better than satellite. That is, yeah. Last Dance with Mary Jane was Indiana Girl. Ah. Yeah. And they had it all done, like ready to be done. And uh, Tom Petty called up Rick Rubin and said, you know, it turns out it isn't Indiana Girl after all. It's Last Dance with Mary Jane, and we got to change that. And Rick wow. Rubin says oh, he was like, really? Because, I mean, it's Indiana Girl. It's good to go. You wanted to you know, get out of that contractual obligation to have two new songs on your greatest hits package, and it's done. But, of course, you know, he changed it to Last Dance with Mary Jane, and I don't know if you're familiar with the song, but it went to number one. Was it Indiana Girl? Yeah. One more time to kill the pain. Well, how did, uh, yeah. Where did Indiana Girl go? Uh, I don't, I, I have known what the next line is, but I don't remember anymore. But, you know, she grew up in an Indiana town, had a good looking mama who never was around. This is how the song starts. Right. Then we got to the chorus. Sure. He's singing about the Indiana Girl. Uh, right. And then it occurred to him, he could sing Last Dance with Mary Jane and the whole song would mean something, you know, who knows what, but. Wow. Yeah. I think uh, Hey, Hey, We're the Monkeys was also originally Hey, Hey, We're the Corn Flakes. Did you, have you guys ever? <laughs> is that true? Which is weird. Really? No, I don't know. I think, I'm just trying to think of the one that was obviously never something else. It says <laughs> on Wikipedia that Corn Flakes were, Corn Flakes were invented by Kellogg. I don't know his first name. But he was a real religious guy. He thought that people were becoming too sexualized. He hypothesized that it was because foods were so vibrant and exciting, and he sought to make something so boring it would kill people's sex drive. Now, this is what it says on Wikipedia. I don't know. You know, I I wasn't there. I love cornflakes. It doesn't work. That's amazing. It doesn't work the way he intended. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, Texas is the biggest state. (laughs) (laughs) After a short workshop with Paul Simon, that's how they, that's where they landed. (laughs) Is it really bigger than Alaska? (laughs) I am not sure. (laughs) Hey, hey, Texas is the biggest state. Not far behind Alaska. Do you know what else isn't very far? My love for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
now, after having all these, uh, having heard all these great techniques and all the songwriting advice, uh, Pete, you know, w- what you got and, and why can't you fix it up a little better, you know, right now on the spot? Change, change my whole thing to facts at the beginning. <laughs> wrong. My, yeah, my spin on that is wrong facts. Um, <laughs> over 10 gallons of water flow over Niagara Falls each day. <laughs> That's yeah. true. it is with okay here we go it is with Deep sadness that I announce the death of someone who died back in the 90s and everyone already knew was dead. (laughs) It is with deep sadness that I announce the death of someone who died back in the 90s. Everyone already knew who was dead. It is with deep sadness when people announce the death of someone who died within the hour. And no one knew was dead till now. It is with deep sadness that I announce the death of someone who died back in the 90s <laughs> and everyone already knew was dead. So yeah, after several master classes, <laughs> that's, pretty that's good. a great um, tune. Oh, thank you. I was, you know, thinking maybe we reframe the like oh did you hear so-and-so died like do ones we already knew you know mix up the the sting that you feel sometimes with oh did you hear tony siragusa died you know oh did you hear uh you know some guy from the 90s died oh yeah remember yeah he died right good thank you for not doing a new one some sometimes the old ones will yeah just take the place of the new ones with the old ones once in a while and and give your give your friends a break Right, sure. a little less upsetting, you know? Yeah. We already knew that one. You could pepper in some people who are just old, who didn't even die yet, you know? Right. Yeah, there we go. Tony just, Dense is right. still alive, man. He, he might he <laughs> might be in a movie. You might see him uh, at a deli. Oh, that's right. nice. That's like kind of uh, like when your alarm accidentally goes off and then you get to go back to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's like yeah. you just announced... Like announced that George Clooney died, and then you know everybody thinks he's dead for a little while, and then oh yeah, like you just said, like oh you, they see an interview on Entertainment Tonight, and oh he's still alive. How about that? Right, I can sleep for another few I minutes. Get wrong it sometimes. is with deep sadness that I announce maybe fake sadness. the death of George. George. Oh, and you say George, and then you do a do a few chords. The death of George. And they're like, oh my God, who is it? Which George? 
George Clooney. George Michael. <laughs> At least it wasn't George Michael. Oh, yeah. George Michael is dead, is he not? He really is, yeah. Jesus. Oh, see? Jesus yeah. Christ. Right. But at least at least we heard George Clooney first, one that wasn't true. And now we're like, ah, oh, well. At least we still yeah, got George, George Clooney. Michael. You know, you can also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's going to play George Michael in a biopic. Um, it, w- when you were seeing it the first time, I was thinking that one of the things you could do, and I thought maybe you were going to do it, uh, was to say like, it is with some giddiness you know that i get to announce that this person has just died and you don't yet know about it you know or you know it is with some excitement that i announce this person is going to die soon you know they they (laughs) broke their hip it's not looking good and i'm getting to be the one that told you about it you know, so I, oh, I'm, yes. My, I, yes, there's some sadness, but I'm also like, you know, this is my moment, my black licorice moment, you know, to tell you something really interesting that you don't already know. I mean, yeah. Did you know? Yeah. Black licorice kills one guy every year. Uh, red licorice only kills one guy every two years. My love for you <laughs> my love for you has been killing me from the inside out speaking of the speaking of the theme killing yeah <laughs> that's a good um, good jam though i like that well, one. Oh, thank you can you get any mileage out of the mel brooks line where he said uh a man walks down the street and falls into an open manhole cover and dies that's comedy i'm reading the paper turn the page and get a paper cut that's tragedy you know oh, so like yeah you know it is with some sadness that i tell you that this b-list celebrity who i used to love on hollywood squares in the 90s is no longer with us but it is with deep sadness that i tell you that ben got the promotion and i'm still the assistant you know oh i would love to to borrow from from uh, mel like that yeah and i think it is Similarly themed, except, yeah, I haven't uh, taken that extra jump that, that he did in that kind of knowing way. Um, but yeah, absolutely see the, the, the correlation there. <laughs> Are you going to keep the uh, tempo changes? Slow it down like that? Well, see, I was thinking, I think when I played it through ahead of time, like I slowed down that part where I where you kind of like, it, it, the slowdown made sense where you actually say like, you know, I... It is with deep sadness when people announce the death of someone who died within the hour and no one knew was dead till now. And I was thinking that part made sense. And then to like go back to the uh, recitative, no, to the uh, first part, which by the way, thank you for introducing that word, Tommy. I, <laughs> I love using it both properly and improperly. It's, it's, it's so much it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It goes well with um, prosciutto. Yes, it does. You know, recitative and prosciutto is my favorite appetizer at an Italian restaurant. Um, I say prosciutto and recitat. I leave off the end when I'm around Italians. It's fun. Spaghetti. Um, Spaghetti, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so the slowdown made sense there. And hopefully I won't have to keep it because hopefully it never sees the light of day. But I think it it was supposed to be a, uh, a, a choice there. 
Um, but it does not make sense to stick with that choice to just repeat the the first part about, you know, I'm going to announce that somebody already who already was dead died just to just to like, be like, oh, I already knew he died. You know, I, I'm, I still can be happy. I think it can still be still permission to be happy. Like they died within the hour. Um, but, you know, 20 years ago, back in the 90s. Uh, yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yeah. that, that's what I thought. That's where I thought you were going. Uh, oh. And no one knew it was dead till now. But then, you know, back in the 90s, still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's deep. Yeah. And speaking of that's, deep. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I kind of think I would like it if we would describe different kinds of sadness, you know is with deep sadness okay. that I describe this type of death. It is with some <laughs> sadness that I describe that. Yeah. It's with light sadness, you know. It is, yes. you know, I, I wistfully inform you, you know. There, there, <laughs> there's a lot of shades here to sadness. And on this topic, I feel like an Eskimo describing snow. The shades of yes. sadness. Oh, Yep, the shades of sadness. The, uh... The story told by by those who have uh, lived it most closely. Yeah, yeah. You start uh, with something true. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You know, <laughs> right? Yes, that was a fact. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's actually hello, darkness, my old friend. Was uh, if you look closely at the periodic table of elements, um, <laughs> you can see that if you look closely, it spells out hello, darkness, my old friend. H e Helium, you know, L-O, the, lobium. He, he started out, he was trying to pitch that to Louis Armstrong. It was, hello, Dolly, my old friend. I've come to talk with oh, you again. Yeah. yeah, so that was for- Hello, Dolly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Quite a musical. Yeah, it's, it's very musical. It's with deep sadness- Well, hello, Dolly. That I tell you that I, I made that up. I don't, he may, have, <laughs> he may have started off trying to write for Hello, Dolly, but I don't know that to be true. That would just be a coincidence. I can tell, Dolly, it's so nice to have you back where you belong. They don't make him like that yeah, anymore. Hello, Dolly. Yeah. No, not like Lou. Uh-uh. He preferred Louis. Lou, man. Yeah, but, uh, you know, okay, guys, hey, do you want to hear about... Um, I do have another song, but I don't know. Maybe we're all done for today. This is more recent than the uh, Why Are the Beers one. Maurice. Yeah, Mo. Um, <laughs> more recent. <laughs> would you like to hear about it? I have or? time. Yeah, Tup, you got time to hear another one? Sure, yeah. We can, maybe, that, maybe this uh, takes us out. Yeah, take us out, Tommy. Okay. Uh, all right. I, th- I think I can play this. There's like not very much in it. Let's see if I can... I would 
fan of that one tommy thanks yeah i would do it for you i would uh do this podcast day and night for and with you tommy (laughs) yeah thanks man it does have it's like that meatloaf song i'd do anything but i won't do that this one is like no i would do that i would yes i would do that night and day yeah um and what do you think it was was that he wouldn't do anyway well i've heard that uh somebody made the gesture where you like make the okay sign and put your lips and tongue through it and wiggle your tongue around. Okay. Like, uh. but that was a long time ago and now everybody does that. So of course, meatloaf, mm. I'm sad to tell you died. Yeah. Deeply ah, sad. The loaf man is not the with us, huh? Man. Yeah. Yep. We lost the loaf and ah, the loaves and fishes. Yeah. Yes, didn't would refuse to toss anyone's salad, and that's why he's. Uh, that's why <laughs> lonely death, lonely death. Nobody uh, even went to the funeral. You know, you got to give something in this life. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Meaty the loaf man, shout uh, a shout to Meaty the loaf man and his his family far and wide. He's really good. Paradise by the dashboard lights. Big friends of the podcast uh, and. Yeah. yeah, Tommy, just as always, thank you so much. Such a such a, a treat to have you on. As uh, and let's keep I always it. enjoy it and thank you so much. Uh if you keep asking me to do it, I will be happy and enjoy it and thank you so much. And anyone who may be listening, thank you as well. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it, man. Very fun. Tommy from the podcast.com. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy from the podcast.com. Yeah. Yes. It's what we're famous.